Hey, thanks for joining me for episode 23 of the Roaring Out podcast. As you may have noticed, there have been a couple of changes to the podcast. The first is that I'm now posting every other week as opposed to my usual every week. And if you want to hear more about these changes and sort of what's coming down the pike for this podcast, I'd encourage you to listen to the previous episode, episode 22, A Sassy Morning Poem, (laughs) in which I share a poem, one of my favorites, and talk about it. But in the beginning of that episode, I also detail some of the new changes that are coming, such as the schedule change, um, as well as some exciting projects that I'm working on for the podcast. So with this second episode of the month, um, one of the things that I'm doing is going back into my blog archives and recording them with modifications, obviously, um, for the podcast. So I'm not just reading straight from my blog posts. I am incorporating other things, but just hitting on the main points that the blog also hits on. And this, I'll probably just do this for March and maybe some other episodes coming forward. But one of the reasons I'm doing this is to, so I can have a little bit more time to prepare other new fresh content. And the other reason I'm doing it is because I know some people like to read blog posts, but other people would rather listen to content. So I'm trying to revitalize some of my posts from my blog, just from presenting them in a different way via my podcast. So as I mentioned last episode, I read one of my favorite poems and provided the blog post in which I discussed that poem as well um, and talked about it a little bit more. This one this post comes from a series I have on my blog called quotables. I read a ton. And so there's always a quote or two floating around in my head that I'm thinking about and wrestling with. And so I wanted to wrestle with them on my blog. And now I want to wrestle with them on my podcast. So this quote and the discussion that I'm going to bring to you guys in this episode can be found on my blog and was first published there. And if you'd rather read than listen, that's okay. Or if you want to do both, you can listen and then also read what I wrote um, via the blog link that I will provide in the show notes. This first quote comes from one of my favorite fiction authors, Juno Diaz. He's written the books, uh, The Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde, This Is How You Lose Her, and a bunch of other novels and short stories that you can find just all over the place. He is a wonderful, foul-mouthed Dominican writer who I just adore because much like Kim Adonizio, who I presented in the last episode, he just says what's on his mind. And I, there's something so confident and admirable about that. In in my opinion, um, I mean, there's a way to do it, right? There are people who say what they think and it doesn't add anything to the conversation, but writers like Juno Diaz, I, I think it really does add something. So what I'll do today is I will read his quote and then I will comment on it. And I would certainly love if you would reach out to me and comment back. I'd love to hear what you think. So here is the quote that he said, and I first it first appeared in The Guardian. And of course, I'll provide a link for that in the show notes as well. So Juno said in this interview, 
Books are surviving in this intense, fragmented, hyper-accelerated present, and my sense and hope is that things will slow down again and people will want more time for contemplative life. There's no way people can keep up this pace. No one is happy. Two or three hours to read should not be an unattainable thing, although I hope we get to that stage without needing a corporate-sponsored app to hold our hand. The utopian in me has my fingers crossed that we haven't quite figured out the digital future just yet. After all, the one thing we know about people, they always surprise. As I mentioned before I read this part of the interview, and you can read the full interview at The Guardian, um, but this portion of it first appeared in The Guardian, and I actually saw it and read it in its entirety right before I taught my first college course in 2012. So the first time I asked my students to take out a piece of paper and write was when I presented them with this very quote. So the words have a lot of weight to me, not just because, not just for sentimental value, because I presented them to the very first class that, you know, I taught in 2012, but also because even four years later, as in 2016, when I am recording this podcast, I feel like Juno's words are just as applicable then as they are today. And I think he has some good points and also some points that I don't quite agree with. I think he's painting too broad a stroke sometimes. But so more than memory, I think the ideas this quote presents are so applicable and perhaps in some ways timeless. I mean, we're in such a digital age and I think it's only going to keep advancing. So I think the idea of living in the digital world and balancing a contemplative life and FaceTime with people, which I don't think there will ever be a substitute for that. I think that will be an ever-present theme for the years, decades, perhaps even centuries to come. So one thing um, that I really agree with Juno on is I really cheer when he says that As a whole, people should make more time for contemplative life. I certainly love that idea. And what comes to my mind when he says contemplative life is just this idea of sitting by a lake and getting up and, you know, walking around in a log cabin and sitting next to a wood stove fire and writing. Or if it's a really nice day, just going out on a lake, maybe going for a swim or going on a lake and drawing and or writing or reading. But I also know that's not for everyone. So contemplative life will look different for a lot of people. It might be, you know, thinking about life on a subway as people are chatting on their phones or on a busy city street. But I do overall think it's important to every day make time to contemplate whatever it is, you know, the meaning of life, a Bible verse, a a verse from the Quran or the Torah, um, contemplating a personal path or direction or a problem, either one's own problem or a problem that a friend has sort of presented to us, whatever it is, I don't think there will ever be any substitute for contemplating the larger themes in life. So while this quote speaks to me, I'm also aware that Diaz is leaving out a certain portion of the population that 
likes frenzy and likes being busy and perhaps that even thrives on social media and whether or not that's healthy, you know, that's a whole other discussion right there. But I do agree with Juno when he says, I don't think people can quote, keep up this pace. I do think overall, especially where I live on the East coast and pretty close to New York city, I do think it's too frenetic and It's been, to me, in my opinion, I think it's really beneficial for people to slow down and do something that delights them. Uh, My podcast episodes 20 and 21 really focus on delight. And one of the ways, big ways I think people in general can delight is by slowing down. And it doesn't have to be to read or to make art. Um, It can be something else. It can be just having coffee with a friend for lunch or whatever, but I think it is important at least every day, even five or 10 minutes, just to slow down and maybe even just turn our minds off. One reason that I think this is because our bodies aren't machines, you know, they really need rest and our country, America, you know, where I am, it's really a country of excess. And ironically, I think even though it is a country of excess, we desperately lack time and downtime, time to rest. Um, which again is ironic. We, I think we're, we have an excess of everything except time and rest, which again, we, I think we need that balance. One statement that Juno says that I do not agree with is when he says no one is happy. I think that's too broad of a statement and I don't agree with the broad stroke, uh, with which it pains humanity. Though I do hope there is some discontent with the disconnecting tendencies of social media. Though, again, I do know that's only one side of the coin. Social media, just from my personal experience, has afforded me the opportunity to get to know some wonderful people I never would have met otherwise. At the same time, I know I also stare at my phone and my iPad way too much. And it disconnects me from the people I already know sometimes like my friends or my husband. And sometimes I'm staring at my phone when I could be spending FaceTime with these important people in my life. So again, I think no one is happy. It paints too broad of a picture, but perhaps it's getting at maybe an underlying issue of living in a digital world. There is this hard balance. And to some extent, we can't be happy if we're not spending quality face time with people in our lives, even though technology gives us all of these other advances that are really wonderful. The last thing I do want to say is that I really do love his last line where he says, after all, the one thing we know about people, they always surprise. And that's so true for better or for worse. Um, Because, of course, there is free will and people can surprise in a great way or in a terrible way or some way in between that we can't quite categorize. I mean, many times it seems as if people don't react unless something catastrophic happens. And I certainly hope that's not the case with making time for face-to-face interaction. And I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I'm a part of a generation and even some groups, ironically, some of them Facebook and social media groups 
that value time, value things like taking time out to write snail mail to people, um, value things like getting together face-to-face instead of just online or on Google Hangouts. So I haven't given up hope that people will surprise in a good way in this area. As I mentioned before, technology has huge advantages, um, but I think the main thing that this quote is getting at is balance. Um, at least that's what I take from it. Uh, this balance, at least for me, probably won't be two to three hours per day to read, but I do hope it's at least an hour a day, perhaps not consecutively though, to disconnect from social media and reconnect with other people in my life. The other thing I also realize is that not everyone prioritizes reading and perhaps their downtime won't be two to three hours every day and it won't be reading. Um, certainly with my my own students, if I say read two to three times a day, that's more of a pu- uh, two to three hours a day rather. That's more of a punishment than a reward. So for some people, it might be binge watching something on Netflix. It might be drawing. It might be taking a walk. Um So I don't agree with Juno when he says we should read as downtime because not everyone values that. But I do think time out, even five to 10 minutes a day, hopefully more than that, but, you know, progress, not perfection, right? Um, I do hope that's not unattainable for people. And if it is, I do hope people will take a hard look at their schedules and see where they can time out, uh, I'm sorry, carve out time for downtime and just rest and doing things that they enjoy. And on that note, if you are looking for uh, making time for things you enjoy, but aren't really sure what shape that might take, I'd encourage you to look at my, or listen to my podcast episodes 20 and 21, where I talk about finding your delight, both in the personal realm and also the professional realm. So now it's your turn to sound off. I have said what I agree and disagree with, with what Juno Diaz has said, but what do you think? Did I hit the mark or did I miss it on some things? Or did I hit on a line that really stuck out to you, but I didn't quite talk about it? Feel free to reach out to me using the links in the show notes. Um, Again, you'll also find a link in the show notes to the blog post uh, where my original discussion of this of this quote by Gino Diaz first appeared. And lastly, if you like this podcast, I highly encourage you to rate it using the link in the show notes. The more ratings, more positive ratings, I should say that I have, the more I will be able to be in front of more podcast viewers, uh, listeners rather, and, you know, sort of broaden my frequency (laughs) to use radio language. So I do hope you've enjoyed this episode and I do hope you'll reach out. I'd love to continue the discussion. Thanks so much. And I will see y'all in a couple of weeks for the first podcast episode of April, where every week I will be sharing one of my favorite poems. Thanks so much.